This is May It Please the Internet, a podcast brought to you by Revision Legal, lawyers who represent businesses that make money online. Hello and welcome to May It Please the Internet, Revision Legal's podcast where we talk all things internet and legal related. I'm here with Chris Carroll today. Chris, how are you? Hey, Eric. Good. Thanks for having me back on. Good. Thanks for joining us again. And we have a topic picked out today that isn't necessarily kind of nuts and bolts like legal issues, but I think it's something that I run into a lot of times with people on the phone, and that's maybe they've never hired an attorney before, and they have questions of, how do I talk to an attorney? How do I hire an attorney? And what should I be asking? Right. It's a little bit back to basics here, but it's something that I think everybody kind of wrestles with when they're trying to make this decision. A lot of times if people haven't had the experience of working with an attorney, you know, they just don't know what to do. They don't know what questions are, I guess, appropriate or what questions are sound silly or they're afraid of sounding silly. And trust me when I say ask every question under the sun, number one, right? it is not the time to hold back. It's the time for communication. But I think we can give you some kind of primer on things that you really should ask and things that you should get good answers on. Yeah. Just take the stress out of it for you. So the first thing is kind of like, all right, if you're calling an attorney, it's usually either good news or bad news, right? Like yeah. there's, it's one of those two situations. Yeah, it's never in the middle. So, I mean, the first basic step here is, you know, you, you've got to wrestle with, do I even need to call an attorney up? I mean, a lot of us will offer free 30-minute consultations here and there, but most of us are moving towards, you know, more of a paid consultation model. So you really got to know if you're ready to have the conversation with the attorney to begin with. And generally speaking, you know, something critical good or bad is happening in your life. That's a good point right off the bat. You know, we have people that contact us through our website, through our contact form. And a lot of times when I respond to them, I will tell them right away, I'm open for a discussion. I won't be billing you. When are you available? Or I will tell them right away, this is a little bit more in depth. This is going to need to be a paid consultation. If an attorney doesn't give you that kind of direct answer, ask. That should not be really left up to you to guess on. If someone is not very clear about it, ask. It is not offensive. You should be asking because to me, most of the time, disagreements with clients, usually not with my clients who we never have disagreements with, but from what I hear from other people are surprises. It's when an attorney surprises someone with something they weren't expecting, usually a large bill they were not expecting. So that right off the bat, if you are reaching out to an attorney to even see if it makes sense to hire someone, ask if there's a fee for that initial consultation. It helps us on our side too, especially if you're willing to pay for the hour. That's going to dictate more of how prepared I'm going to be when I, you know, sit down to consult, you know, with you versus maybe more of an off the cuff conversation where I'm going to keep the discussion pretty high in the clouds. We probably won't get down to brass tacks necessarily just because our expertise is valuable and we do have people that are, you know, more than willing to pay for that. So it just always helps kind of set the tone for what kind of conversation I'm going to have. If it's more of this, just uh, let's explore the possibilities or I have something kind of pressing and I'm willing to devote some time for this hour to really kind of get some good actionable advice out of it. 
I think most of the stuff we're talking about today fall into that first category of an initial call with an attorney where you're feeling them out, they're feeling you out, you know, you, you likely need an attorney for something and you're trying to determine, is this the right person to help me? And I think the point of this episode is to help you understand what questions are normal and what questions can kind of help you vet the attorney that you're talking to. So Chris, if you were to give someone the first piece of advice of who to call, what would you say the answer is? My first piece of advice here is I prefer if you seek some kind of a referral or some kind of word or mouth. Somebody that you know and you trust, ask them if they've had a similar situation. Ask the people in your life that you would go to with a problem like this and see if they have any good options for you to call. I think it's important to kind of rely on your own network and to trust the people that are closest to you with referrals that maybe they've used in the past. But with that, obviously, go ahead and do a little bit of independent research into the attorneys in the area or in whatever the field of expertise is. But I don't think it gets much better than somebody that you you know know well enough to uh, take their advice on maybe who to call. Yeah, I think with most things, word of mouth is great. If someone has worked with an attorney and they have a good enough relationship where they can say, you're going to like working with this person, they'll be right for you. That's a really good thing. Because I think if you talk to a lot of people, they're maybe not real happy with the attorneys they've worked with in the past. Would I ever meet someone who's, you know, it seems like we could have the potential of working together. I always just ask them, do you like your attorney? Do you have a good working relationship? And if they say yes, I say, great, cherish that. You're lucky you should keep that. Yeah. If not, then I, you know, let's talk. How could we help you? But word of mouth, definitely the best way to go with a little bit of research in terms of this person can handle what I'm looking for. But after that, I think the most important question that comes to everyone's mind is how much is this going to cost? So Chris, what kind of questions do you think a potential client should be asking their attorney? You might as well get right to the elephant in the room early. And it's always, you know, how much is this going to cost me? What kind of a fee structure do you typically charge for something like this? And there's lots of different options that uh, might meet and fit, you know, whatever kind of budget we're working with. So ask them, is this going to be an hourly fee or is it a flat fee? So Hourly work, we're just going to give you the rate and however long it takes for us to get it done, we'll just essentially kind of bill against that. I mean, we make some kind of concessions here or there depending on what's going on behind the scenes. But for the most part, if the work was an hour, we're going to charge you that rate for that. For other projects, we might be able to knock it out with just a flat fee. We kind of know the ins and outs of it. This is usually for something that's not terribly complicated, like a letter that you need drafted or, you know, a set of terms and conditions, something like that. Uh, you could pretty much expect a flat fee for that. Although if it is hourly, you know, obviously ask uh, the attorney what kind of a time estimate. That's a big consideration. We can usually drill down pretty quickly with that. If it's litigation, it's going to be a lot of time, obviously. But you know, for this more one-off type of things, we might be able to get into you know five, six hours of time or more specific rather. And obviously you want to know like how they're going to bill them. For instance, you know, our model is the 10th of an hour. So we bill, you know, every six minutes essentially, and we're efficient to use that time so that if there's something that's going to get done, I'm not going to spend a a whole lot of time on it. I want to get it done and be mindful to the client's budget and time anyways on that front. The other thing is the retainers. I wanted to cover that real quick too. 
whether some kind of a retainer up front is going to be necessary. That's not always the case. It often is the case. We do like to see a little bit up front. That helps, again, kind of gauge how uh, serious and, and willing the client's going to be to pay. It's it's a little bit of a two-way street when we're talking to a potential new client, when the potential new client's talking to us, just knowing what kind of expectation might be when it comes to a retainer as well. Yeah. And speaking of retainers, I think it's a good point because it's one that is kind of a common question. I think when people haven't hired an attorney before, one of the first things they say is, well, do I have to give you a retainer? Normally, retainers are required for larger projects or sometimes like a first-time client, right? Like if we've worked with you uh, only this is the first time, we may need a retainer. If we've worked with you in the past, we may not. And by the way, when all of the things we're saying that we do, I would expect most other attorneys to do as well. We might be a little bit more flexible here and there because we don't have a huge bureaucracy to work with, but retainers, you know, usually required for larger projects or first-time clients. And a retainer means you pay us money. It goes into this separate account, which is called a trust account or IOLTA account that's heavily regulated by our ethics and professional responsibility rules. And it's not our money. It's your money. It's just sitting in an account. And when we perform our services, we bill against the money that's in the trust account. So if you pay us a $5,000 retainer and we bill $3,500 worth of time, but the project is done, then we pay you back that $1,500 and it's refunded to you. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the idea of, you know, what's a reasonable estimate of time to complete a project? I think it's a fair question to ask. You're probably not going to get an exact answer in that amount of time can change. Sometimes clients will send me an astronomical amount of information regarding their project. And, you know, I have to kind of make sure like, listen, I can go through all this, but it's going to take me time. I'm not sure it's that important for me to look at. Same goes with when people, they have a lot of changes or a lot of follow-ups. You know, we don't get it right the first time, meaning the client kind of changes their mind. That's when the project can kind of increase in scope when we weren't really expecting it. And if you're dealing with opposing counsel, you can never really fully expect how the project's going to end because you can't control how reasonable or unreasonable they're going to be. I think, again, with money, the big thing is to avoid a surprise. You want to know roughly how much it's going to cost, how they're going to bill, what to expect. And these are all very fair questions to ask your attorney right off the bat. You know, probably next in line, Chris, we have, do you know what you're doing type of questions, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, after the money issues kind of squared up. What's really the more important piece of this uh, is the experience of the attorney that you're working with. So, you know, you're going to want to ask them uh, whether they've got direct experience in this particular area of the law that we're kind of looking at. Uh, You know, is this your first case or your 40th case that you've worked on? Or similarly with like a, a transaction deal, is this the first time we've drafted something like this or the hundredth time? And, you know, what kind of similar cases or projects you've worked on I think it's important to know whether an attorney's been on the other side of the issue. You know, you can get a bit of a clearer picture if you have an attorney that's kind of been on both sides of the same issue. 
They might not be, you know, too biased or too much tunnel vision when they're looking at your particular situation. Also, you know, whether they're willing to provide uh, some references or referrals of their own, you know, past clients or, you know, others that have worked with that attorney. If they've got good references or they're willing to give you the names and contacts of these people that, you know, know them and know how they work. You know, all this kind of goes into assessing from the client's perspective, you know, your particular comfort level with trusting this particular attorney to deliver on what you need to have done for yourself. Yeah. Referrals, I think, is an interesting one because it's something that I get asked that occasionally. It's a little tricky because working with an attorney is a private thing most of the time. And people may not really want to be that kind of referral source. That's why word of mouth is effectively the same thing. And that's why it's always nice because you get that kind of trusted advice from someone that you actually know. But, you know, a lot of times you can have testimonials on a website and you can kind of get a sense of the types of projects and clients that people are working with. You know, a lot of times you can't really get into details of the things you're doing for other people because of confidentiality issues. So you can dance around it a little bit, like specific, give me three people that mm, that's going to be a tough one. Not a lot of attorneys are going to just say, oh, here's a list. But I think it's fair to say, what is your level of experience? And the big thing here is they're probably going to be explaining a complicated legal issue to you. If you don't understand what they're saying, then there is a problem. Our job is to not only cross the T's and dot the I's on the paperwork, it's to make sure you understand why we are doing this, the importance of it. And if that can't be communicated effectively, it's not going to work. And I do this on the other side when I have a new litigation matter and we have to dive into a world of some specific industry or product, explain it to me like I'm five. And I'm going to ask really simple questions to my clients to help make sure I know those answers, make sure I'm right, or make sure I understand how it works. Because if we don't know, it's going to be a problem. And the same goes for the client. If you guys don't know why it is we're suggesting something or why something is important and it can't be clearly explained, then that's a problem. Chris, I think another problem is attorneys that are almost too confident in their answers sometimes. Yeah. It's rare to find a cut and dry situation. Everybody's got a unique thing that's going on. Uh, Yes, there's, you know, certain well-established case law, but you never have the elements of, uh, you know, know, a negligence case just laid out completely before you. There's always some nuance with anything. So a red flag, at least in my opinion, when speaking with an attorney is if this attorney is like dead set that you're right or you're wrong, or they just are confident that that's the be all end all answer. At least at this, you know, initial stage, it's uh, a little alarming because they really should be diving into the details, uncovering issues that maybe the client even hasn't thought of, which is another reason why we're asking to just, one, tell us anything and everything. Don't be shy about what you're trying to communicate to us. And two, uh, don't be off put by questions we might ask that maybe seem basic. You know, our train of thought might be just trying to get at an issue that we 
are trying to, uh, you know, spot. So just be wary of that overconfident, uh, almost prideful, egotistical attorney. It's probably not going to be a great fit. The longer I've practiced, you know, the more comfortable I am when a client asks me something and I say, I don't know. I have my reaction. I have what I think is the answer, but I'm not going to know the answer sometimes without doing some research. And even then, the answer is almost always a shade of gray. Of course, there's some black and white in things, but when you come to an attorney, you probably have some kind of sticky issue, and those issues don't have black and white answers all the time. And so if someone is really pushing you in a very confident way on an issue that you look at and you're like, well, I could see some room for an argument the other way, that's not a good sign. So I think the next area, which I think is a fair topic to ask to your attorney, is responsiveness. How long should I expect this project to take? When should I expect to hear from you next? And what is our kind of level of communication going to be here? I will say, again, the longer I practice, the less likely I am to promise something on a Friday. I, you know, like if it's, right. if it's Tuesday and they say, okay, I need this. It's like, well, instead of saying I'm going to get it done by Friday, it's better to say I'll get it done by next Tuesday. If I can get it done by Friday, great. But don't overpromise those deliverables because things happen. Yep. And most of the time, the client should also be clear on hard deadlines, right? If you have a hard deadline that you need met, the attorney will meet it. We live on deadlines. That's how we get jobs done. But, you know, I normally tell people, hey, for a project like this, normal turnaround time is seven to 10 days unless you have a hard deadline. And then why don't you talk about a little bit about like communication, more regular communication in terms of emails and phone calls and what to expect and what a client should be thinking about. Yeah, I think you've hit, you know, a lot of the high points here. It's just making sure that everybody's on the same page with regard to expectations as far as, you know, what kind of updates is the attorney going to give the client? What does the attorney expect the client to do? Like, just have all of these kinds of conversations earlier in the relationship. So again, to avoid being surprised maybe at the fact that the attorney isn't as responsive as maybe you had expected him to be. So it's important to kind of gauge Attorneys are generally very busy people. Every client, generally, it's the biggest deal for that particular client. And we do our best to make sure that it's the biggest deal in the moment that we're working on it. But we're also juggling that expectation with everybody else that we're working with. So as much as I would love to be able to be at the beck and call of a person that's going through a, a particularly stressful or difficult time with regard to their project... We just simply can't be that. So it's important to kind of get the feel for that attorney's responsiveness. And everybody operates, you know, a little bit differently. You know, I don't have a problem with giving away my personal cell phone. I don't have a problem if a client texts me, you know, outside of normal working hours. Where the sticking points will come is if the client kind of expects me to just immediately drop everything and do something. And it kind of gets into that unreasonableness of, what we expect of a client to do as well. There should be some kind of mutual respect happening between both attorney and client. But at the same time, the client should expect a pretty prompt and reasonably quick response when they ask for a follow-up or 
just look for some kind of an update about what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I think responsiveness outside of surprise on money, lack of responsiveness is the next biggest complaint that I hear from other people in that can't get an answer. I don't get a straight answer. They won't answer my emails. They don't answer the phone. And that's a problem. My experience is, listen, if you promise something by Friday and it's not going to be done, tell them it's not going to be done. And when you think you can have it done and trying to hide behind excuses is a waste of time. You said one day, if you didn't meet it, nine times out of 10, it's not a big deal. But if people are relying on something to be done on Friday, then you should expect your attorney to get it done on Friday. So certainly the questions of what should I expect, you know, it's also a good thing because if the attorney tells you what to expect and they don't live up to it, um, believe me, they know it. (laughs) They know it. They're not going to feel happy about it, but it's a nice thing to do to kind of establish that baseline. So we've talked about questions related to money, questions related to experience, responsiveness, And the last big topic we have is about projections. This one's probably the most difficult one because, and I think we've touched on this in some other episodes, but, you know, a client's devoting a lot of trust into you and a lot of money into you. And we have a piece of litigation and they say, are we going to win? Right. And the reality is it's not really how it works. You know, winning means you've gone to trial or you've won a motion for summary. I mean, those are things that are two years in the future. And we can't predict the future. We have a good idea where it's going to go, but things can happen. And also most cases don't last that long. So the idea is not, are you going to win? It's, is this investment worth it? Especially with litigation. Like, is this investment into the litigation going to achieve a reasonable goal? It's not as exciting as a star witness at trial, unfortunately, but that's the reality of litigation. In other kinds of situations, it's less kind of binary questions. It's more, am I going to get this trademark registration? What's going to happen when I respond to the cease and desist letter? And the attorney should lay out a range of options and they should be giving you kind of risk assessments for those options and making sure you understand what's at stake, what is the alternative, what's your best case, what's your worst case, how much is each one of those going to cost. And you kind of put all that up in a mixer to figure out what is the right answer for a specific client. That's exactly right. And, you know, when we're talking about questions to ask your attorney when you're making this decision, we expect this question. It's going to come up. You know, we expect the client to ask in some fashion, what do you think about my case? Or like, do you think I've got a good shot at X, Y, or Z? It's a common question and we know that's going to happen. What we want to do, at least for this episode of the podcast, is at least just color some expectation that we expect the question from you, but we're probably not going to be able to answer it in the way that you might have, you know, want. And that's just kind of a normal thing. I think it goes back to our point about an overzealous attorney that has an answer for everything. And that's the be all end all. Like be wary of those. The answers to the questions that you're asking should be exactly like Eric laid it out. Some ranges of possibility, reasonable expectations as far as, you know, what may or may not happen We can generally kind of troubleshoot stuff that's probably not likely to happen against stuff that's more likely to happen. 
And hopefully by the end of that conversation, the client will have a pretty good expectation about what's going to go on uh, from the moment they push go. Yeah. Yep. I think that's it. I mean, it's okay to ask for expectations, but don't expect, um, yes, you are going to win. Um, and if you hear that, that's, that's a kind of bad sign. I, my favorite line to say about hiring an attorney is they should cost more than what you want to pay. And they should mostly tell you bad news. Right. right. Um, like that's the most honest approach. I mean, if an attorney is telling you everything you want to hear and they're not costing that much, I promise you that will go on until the time that your retainer has run out. And then there's going to be a different story and they're going to need a lot more money to solve the problem. Yep. It, it just does not work that way. If you're hearing everything you want to hear, it's not good news. If it's way cheaper than you expected, it's probably not good news. You know, it's like us talking to CPAs. I don't think I've gotten good news from a CPA. Um, <laughs> you know, very rarely do you get good news from a CPA, but you trust them. You know they're telling you the right, the right way to go, and it is what it is. So, you know, I think it's a fair, a fair thing to remember. Attorneys cost more than you want and mostly tell you bad news. That is called looking out for your interests, and that's what our job is to do. So, you know, Chris, you got any kind of last thoughts here about what makes the, an attorney-client relationship successful? Yeah, I mean, boiling this all down, regardless of budget, experience, every, these guys might be hitting, checking all the boxes as you're having the conversation. But if in your gut it still doesn't, quote-unquote, feel like a good fit, I think listening to that is an important piece of making the final decision. So it's important to know what questions to ask and kind of to get these expectations. But you also kind of need to rely a bit on that Jiminy Cricket voice in the back of your head about whether this is going to be a good fit because any successful attorney-client relationship, it's got to be built on mutual trust and respect. And you have to be comfortable and confident that the person that you choose to work with is it going to both hold your best interests in mind throughout their ordeal, but is also just going to be a generally good person to kind of work with, uh, knowing, like Eric said, a lot of times we're probably going to tell you stuff you probably didn't want to hear at the end of the day. Yeah, it's a good point, especially if you have litigation or a longer-term project. You're going to be spending a fair amount of time with this person, so you do need to kind of – they don't need to be your best friend, but you need to be comfortable having – frank and direct conversations with them. And oftentimes those are going to be long talks, hour or hour longer, where you're really diving into some deep waters on a specific project. So you got to be able to spend some time with that person and make sure they're human and that you like them and can communicate with them. So I think that's our big takeaways from hiring an attorney. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions about billing about their experience, responsiveness, and ultimately what they think the projection of your project will be. Put that all together and make sure you're dealing with someone that you can talk to, that uh, you can get along with, and that you trust and that treats you with respect. I always love working with our clients because they're usually doing something cool. And I love yeah. just kind of being a team member of what they got going on. So I find our relationships with our clients to be really rewarding. 
we definitely play counselor sometimes <laughs> more right. than attorney, yeah. but you know, sometimes you need that someone else to, to talk to about business and about the problems going on with it and just bounce those things off. And hopefully you can find an attorney that can kind of fit that bill as well. So I think that's all for today and may it please the internet. We appreciate everyone listening and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.